words. Words. We're talking about words. We're going to talk about the power of words today. Uh, uh, the weight of your words. Do you know words start wars? Amen. Words start fights? Amen. You shut up. No, you shut up. <laughs> You're on my last nerve. <laughs> huh? Man, when I was in, like in the fourth grade, these boys squared up, and somebody had said something, somebody else said something, and then they're going round and round, you know, and nobody's swinging, and one boy said, well, one's scared, and the other's glad of it. Well, y'all will get that later, but one's scared, and the other's glad of it. They both were scared. But your words will get you, they'll take you further than you want to go, won't they? Your big fat mouth will get you in trouble. So we're going to talk a little about, we're still on those words and on the word of God in our mouth and, and the weight of our words and how powerful they are. Uh, and so in John 6, 63, it said, it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. But the words I speak are spirit and they are life. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How many of you were said, some, something was said to you, and you still remember it when you were like in third grade, second grade, fifth grade, words are powerful. So, Father, we thank you that you teach us, Lord God, by the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, you're our tutor, you're our teacher, you're our guide. We thank you that you lead us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our, our comforter, our, but he says he's our teacher. Do you know that's a tutor? You know, let me give you the, the Greek definition of that is where... A tutor took the Greek son, took that child, and took him to school where he could get taught and made sure he made it to school, made sure he got his homework, and brought him back home. That's what the Holy Spirit takes you to Jesus Amen. and guides you and sits you down at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus will speak to you and teach you, and the Holy Spirit will make sure you get it. But guess what? You can run from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to listen to him or, or submit to him. So, so let's talk about, so a lot of people think words are just noise, but they're more than noise. God created this universe with words, and God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Your words are creating. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. I'm just letting this sit on you just for a minute. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. When you start speaking what Jesus said, your words become spirit and life. Your words are life anyway or death. So, let, let me say this. Words are carriers. They carry life or death. Your spirit is a carrier of words. God's word. What is in your spirit? Oh, no, you're empty then. You're led around by the blowing wind. Oh, it looks bad out there. I don't know what we're going to do. But if you're full of God's word, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to live by what Jesus has done for me. It's a difference. World is hurting. You can't listen to them. Every doctor will tell you something different about COVID. Let me tell you what the Bible says about it. Jesus bore your sickness and infirmities according to Matthew 8, 17. 1 Peter 2.24, with his stripes we are the healed. 
they opened up the roof and dropped the paralytic man in front of Jesus. And Jesus said, son, your sins be forgiven. And everybody went, oh, who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. He said, to prove the son of man has the power to forgive sins. He said, take up your bed and walk. He said, I can do it all. And he still can do it all. But we're not taught that he's a healer. We're taught that he just forgives sins. And we just, well, I'm, I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. I hope I'm forgiven. And, and people don't have any, they don't have any concrete in them. They don't have any steadfastness. They don't have any bulldog faith. They're just wishy-washy. And James said, and we talked, James, James said we're washed around because we don't know. And that we need to know. So let's dig in. Let's talk a little bit. Number one. The power of spiritual law. What is spiritual law, Pastor Brett? What are you talking about? So everybody knows natural law. What goes up must come down. Can't catch. That light got me. Good excuse. This is spiritual law, gravity. That's not spiritual law. It's physical law. Gravity. Look here. I, I, I've dropped too. Did you know that there are spiritual laws that are operating in your life and you didn't even know it? How, how do we function in, in spiritual law and we don't know? It's time to know. We know gravity works. We know the law of water. You get in it, you're getting wet. Right? Right? You step into God, you start stepping into spiritual law, and you need to start operating and functioning in spiritual laws. How about the spiritual law of words? I'm going to go through some spiritual laws. This is not all of them. It's just all I got the time for, the Holy Spirit said. The spiritual laws of words that we've been teaching, Genesis 1 and 3, God said, 6, and God said, 9, and God said, verse 11, and God said, verse 14, and God said, and verse 20, and God said, and God said, and Jesus said, and the Roman centurion came to Jesus and said, don't come to my house, Bubba. Listen, I'm not worthy if you'd come to my house, but you speak the word. Speak the word, and it will be done, because I'm a man of authority, and I tell this one to go, and that one to go, and they go, and they do, and if they don't do, and you send healing, and you send peace, so send healing to my servant. And Jesus said, I hadn't seen such great a faith in all Israel. And we're talking about prophets. We're talking about what from a Roman soldier got Jesus' attention with his faith. Do you have Jesus' attention with your faith? Well, I want Jesus' attention. I want to get his attention. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. So spiritual law of words, words, uh, spiritual law of fear and faith, they're opposites. Fear is the opposite of faith. What are you afraid of? Turn that and get some faith on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, I know this is not cake and candy today, but we got to grow up. We got to grow up. Listen, listen, Job. Man, be careful with Job. If you study Job... Man, be careful with Job. Don't say, I'm just like Job, I'm suffering. Well, you're supposed to double at the end. And all Job's friends that came, I've seen people preach everything they said. It's nothing but religion. They, they had, Job had to intercede for him, and God's going to take him out. 
Be careful when you read Job. But look at, look at, let's, let's talk about Job just for a second. Job 3.25. He was sacrificing for his kids because his kids weren't serving God. And he was in fear that his children were going to get in trouble. And he was sacrificing. You can't sacrifice for somebody. I can pray for my kids to get saved, but they are independent beings and they have to give their heart to Jesus. And it's up to me to lead it. But look, Job said, for this thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I have dreaded has happened. He was in faith for bad things to happen. In Job 6, look at Job 6, 24. The thing, uh, did we have that one? In Job 6, 24, he said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand where I have erred. Job figured it out. My tongue got me in trouble. Come on, I told you, your tongue don't get tired. You better control what it says. How about the spiritual law of God, God's Word? Come on, I'm going to lay something heavy on you right here. You ready? Patrick, you ready? Just making sure you're ready. Psalms 138.2. I will worship toward your holy temple. I will praise your name and your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. I said that last week. You have magnified your word above your name. You have magnified your word. Who is the word? Jesus. Now, here's where people miss it, because this is too heavy for them to get. Well, the Lord can do anything. God can do whatever he wants to do. No, sir. God bound himself to his word. He bound himself to Jesus. He bound himself to his word in the Old Testament. I will keep my word. He told Abraham, I'll destroy myself. That's covenant. If I don't keep this word, I'll destroy my, my, myself. But God keeps his word. He's faithful. And so is Jesus. But God bound himself. His word is, is, is the most important thing on the earth. Jesus. That's why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why there is no other way but Jesus. Amen. He bound himself to Jesus, and Jesus is the deliverer. From the beginning, Satan will bruise your heel and he will bruise his head. That is Jesus. I know that's heavy. God is not going to do anything but what his word says. And you've got to get in line with his word. Oh, you're making it hard. Now I'm responsible? Yeah. It's easy. It's like picking up a fork and eating. You're going to eat lunch today. Don't lie. Well, how about do this? Easy. Hey, I, I can do that. You can grow spiritually by this. I know some of y'all, every time your elbow moves, your mouth flies open. That's an old one there. If God speaks something, he's even under the authority of it. That is something. If God says something, he's even under the authority of it. He bound himself by his word and his covenant. Wow. But I want to tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believes in him, God is bound to save you. Hey, you want to get God's attention, give your heart to Jesus. 
Now God's going, whoop, look at there. Jesus standing up there, look at Father. They gave their heart to me. Well, we got to save them. Send the Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's do one more. Spiritual law of dominion. And man, I, could pre- I need to preach on each one of these, but I'm giving you a taste. Did you know that God gave you dominion? Well, the Lord's in control. He didn't pick those shoes you're wearing today. He didn't comb your hair. Yeah, get mine out of my eyes. He did not. You have authority over your life. You can submit to God or you can do your own thing. And there are plenty of Christians doing their own thing. Man, the worst ten words you can say is, I just want to do what I want to do. No. I have to do what the Word says. The five best words is do what the Word says. What does the Word say? And so when you do what you want to do, in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let him have dominion. We're going to stop right there. Let him have dominion. You've got dominion. That's in the beginning. Man has dominion. Uh, 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 uh. God's not an Indian giver. Our government is an Indian giver. They would give them land and take it away and move them somewhere else. God gave the earth to man. And to man's supposed to take dominion. You want to know why there's all these bad things going on? Well, if there was a good God in heaven, why, why all these bad? Because man's in control. And God's not taking it back until Jesus comes back. It's, somebody's described it like at least. You, ever, you rent, ever rented a house? I have. It's your house. You can paint it, do what you want to. You can tear holes in it. You might have to pay something. But the earth, the Bible says that the earth groans and travails in Romans 8 chapter for the sons of God to act like it, to step up and be and take dominion and authority and to stand up and be who God called you to be. That's dominion. That's a a spiritual law. Well, you know, if the Lord don't work it out. No, you work it out with his help. You call and say, Lord, what does your word say about this situation? How, how, what do I need to do? I need your guidance. And the Holy Spirit said, come on, let me take you to the word. Took me to the word this week. I'll explain that in a minute. But God is calling you to step in and submit your life to him. Okay, okay. Psalms 91. Uh, Miss Shirley, uh, is it verse 10? It says that no evil shall befall us and neither shall any plague, coronavirus come near our dwelling. You know, there's a key to that, and it's Psalms 91.1, he who dwells. Yeah, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and then I get sick, and I'm like, what this happened, God? Why'd you do this to me? Well, you've been out, you ain't, you ain't even opened the Bible in, since you got saved. You don't, you know, people don't go to church, and they want to blame God for everything. Coronavirus man-made, probably. Let's just say it what it is. That's how crazy men are. Can't follow men. We follow Jesus. He's the perfect one. And he's also the healer of every sickness and disease, man-made or not. Come on. He's the one who brings hope and peace and health and joy. He's everything that we need in this life. You know, in Isaiah 55, 11, God said that his word would go forth and it would accomplish. He said, I'm standing behind it. It will not return to me void. 
So let me, let me give you one more thing on, on, on dominion, okay? You have a body. Yeah, feel it. Yeah. Got a body. You have dominion. Dead people don't have dominion. Wait a minute. Oh, it was on the news. And, uh, Circle K, there was a demon ran in there and robbed a Circle K the other night. No, they don't have dominion. They have to have a body. They have to get somebody drunk and take over their thought process or get them high and think over their thought process and they go rob the store. Or they torment somebody who's in poverty and they can't see no way out until they figure out that they're driven by a demon to go rob something. Demons don't have authority. They don't have a body. You are with me? You have a body. You have authority. You have dominion. Take it over your life. I don't have authority over any of you. But you're here and you're giving me permission to give you the word of God. That's what a preacher does, a pastor does, a, teach, a pastor, teacher, apostle, prophet. They give you the word to live by. But you have to live it. I can't take you by the hand. Come on, let's go. We're going to live by the word of God today. I can for so long, but I got to live. I got to have time to live for the word of God myself. We all have to live by God's word. And we have to take dominion over our thoughts. Over, and, and the word of God will change our thoughts, renew our mind. And help us to conform what God's called us to be. Uh, we're still free. The greatest thing there is is living for God. It's the most fun. It's the most exciting. It's, it, living for God is awesome. It's way better than trying to do it on your own. I don't care if you're rich and doing it on your own. You're not happy. You're not satisfied. All right. That's a little tirade there on, on spiritual law. And there's more than that. Get a hold of your life and start living for Jesus and start living by the word of God and let the word of God, come on, activate. So, so let's go. Uh, the power of confession. Number two, what you say. And I know I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm beating this, uh, trying to beat this in you, trying to get you to get this, but what you say is so important. And what you continuously say. Come on. Because one minute you this and one minute you that. It's, we, got to stay, we got to stay on course. Remember we talked about our tongues a rudder. Come on, that's what James said. And you got to stay on course. No matter what happens, we got to stay on course. Look, look, look at A. On your sheet there, demons are listening. Man, I saw this about two weeks ago, and I said, I got to put this in, a, in there. Psalms 39, 1. And I said, God will guard my ways. Nope. Read it with me. Look at the screen. And I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth. God won't. I will. I will muzzle it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Bunch of cuss words didn't come out of there because I... Mm-hmm. But I will restrain my mouth while the wicked are before me. Now, let's just talk about spiritual things just for a minute. There are demons in, this, in, this, in church. There are angels in church. Hey. Angels. 
Demon, demons are listening. And they're trying to get you to feel something to make you say something to get in agreement with them. I just don't feel good. I think I'm getting sick. There's such thing as calling something to you. How do you call your dog? How do you call cows? You're going to feed them. My grandpa called them, suk, 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 you know, it wasn't su, 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 like pigs. But he had some kind of weird call, and them cows knew they was going to get fed. But how many you know demons operating on the words of your mouth? But the next one is so are angels. Come on, come on. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going along, and, and the, inside me said, read Psalms 103. I go, I know Psalms 103. We confess it every Sunday. Read Psalms 103. I said, I know Psalms 103. I'm going through, you know, working and busy. And read Psalms 103. And I find I sit down, I'm reading Psalms 103. And so Psalms 103, let's look at the last two verses or three. We'll just look at the, the, the it says, bless the Lord, all you as hosts. I'm sorry. Bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength. Come on, angels. They're big. Who do his word Heeding the voice of his word. Wait a minute. When you start confessing the word of God, angels start moving on your behalf. Most of our angels are in there drinking the coffee that's left over this morning because nobody said anything about the word of God. They're on coffee break. I wish somebody would say something. I wish somebody would start confessing the word so I can do something for them. Your angels are hogtied. They're tied up because you cannot go. You, you, you're just going through. Uh, look back. You're in agreement with demons. It's just it's spiritual truth, folks. We got to start saying what God said about us. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. We sang about the blood of Jesus today. Can you say, I've been washed in the blood? Come on, say it. I've been washed in the blood. Therefore, I have right standing with God. That's what righteousness means, right standing with God. It feels good to be right with God. Doesn't it feel good to be right with God? Well, Pastor, I I know your righteousness is as filthy rags, but put on Jesus' righteousness. Come on, it's a robe that you put on. Woo, you know how you get some new clothes? Look at this. Look at this sweatshirt I got. It's warm. It's nice. Look at this robe of righteousness you got on. You've got a robe of righteousness. Wear it. Smile when you wear it. I'm right with God today. I started my day off. I'm putting on Jesus' righteousness. But, oh, uh, it's going to be another day like it was yesterday. Sick, sorry, and sober. Uh Uh-uh. Miss Becky, how are you doing today? Blessed, highly favored, a miracle worker for God. Uh, I'm not that. Because you don't want to be. Change your confession. You're a miracle going somewhere to happen. Come on. Man, I'm going to get gas today. Somebody may be there. They might need Jesus. They might need a miracle. Huh? Okay, okay, okay. And verse 21 says, Bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. 
Come on, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And when you start changing your words that, you know what, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. My, even my kids are blessed. My kids are still blessed just because they're my kids. Because I'm a child of God. And my kids are blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in. Well, uh, 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 you just never struggle, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I struggle, but I learned to take the Word of God and change my direction and my course. Come on. I have been the boss of people who were well more educated than I am. And I was their boss because of God. Come on. It's, it's the, the ability of God that will work on the inside of you that will change the course of your life. It's the ability of God that works on the inside of you to bring health to your body. It will bring clarity to your mind. It will bring peace to your mind. It's the Word of God working. Jesus said, my peace I leave, I leave with you. Amen. Not as the world gives, my peace. And that's what I want. I got Jesus' peace. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for peace. I walk around all day. Thank you, Lord, for peace. I stole Miss Shirley's line. Thank you, Lord, for victory. We got victory in Jesus. I'm uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Thank God for victory. Victory over death. Victory over sickness. Victory over poverty. Victory over uh, uh, worry. Victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior. Y'all didn't even know what you were singing. Come on, we, got, we have victory. We just sang it in victory in Jesus. Uh huh. Uh, come on, make this thing real. Did your football team win? Did you yell at the TV last night at least once? What are y'all doing? They didn't hear you. Just going to let clue you in. But God's listening. Look at the last one. Jesus is listening. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the, the high priest. Let's, let's just go ahead and read it in, he, in Hebrews 4. 14, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. And that is not talking about confessing your sins. It's talking about the confession of your faith. It's talking about declaring who he is and who you are in him. Hold fast to your confession that I'm right with God, that I'm an overcomer, that I'm more than a conqueror. Why don't they just roll out? Because that's who the, what the Word says, that you're more than a conqueror. Nothing will separate me from the love of God. Amen. Come on, Romans 8. There's no condemnation to them. They're in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. Well, I know you got mad at your wife and said something. Yeah, but you know what? I asked God to forgive me. I asked her to forgive me, and I have no condemnation. I'm set free now. I can smile. Well, she don't look free. That's her problem. I'm good. I'm picking, I'm, but that's it. Once you confess to people and God, it's between you and God, clean. You ain't got to beat yourself with a whip or bit over the top of the head and like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not. No. Okay. How many of y'all got a driver's license? How many of y'all broke the law driving, come on speeding, ran a stop sign, or did a California stop where you just pull up and look and just keep on going? Did you lose your license? No. And somebody said, I did. <laughs> you did something real serious. You can't lose your license. <laughs> but hear me. Come on. You pay the fine, you get it back. You repent, you get it back. Yeah. You can get it back. You, you, can't, you know what? God wants to forgive you. Off the cuff there, but hey. 
Yeah, God is good. But Jesus is watching over what you say. And how many of you know you tie his hands when you say what the demons say, what the devil says? And, and listen, I'm going to give you a little grace and mercy because Jesus gives us grace and mercy. The devil's been around for 6,000 years on, at, you know, on the earth, but even further than that. But in Job, he didn't really know that the power of words put people in his hands. And God said, he's already in your hands. Well, you got a hedge about him, God. You, you, you know, you, you protected him because Job was believed God, loved God, and walked God. God had a hedge about him. But Job began to tear the hedge down, and Satan didn't even recognize it. He'd had to learn. He's already in your hands. And people say, well, why did God allow that? No, Job tore down the hedge that God had around him. We, we don't want to take responsibility. Lord, you got to do something. If, it ain't gonna if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen. No, you do it. You muzzle your mouth. You change the words of your mouth. I'm an overcomer. I can overcome alcohol. I can overcome sex addiction. I can overcome drugs. I can overcome anything through the blood of Jesus. Come on. I can overcome. I am an overcomer. That is who I am. When I got saved, I, become an, I became an overcomer. But we don't put our helmet on. We don't put our breastplate of righteousness on. We don't put our shoes of salvation. We don't take the sword of the Spirit. We don't take the belt of truth. We just try to make it on our own and just hope God does something. Now, we're about to go to number three, but let me say this to set this up. When Jesus was on the earth, people begged him to do stuff. But Jesus is not on the earth. Actually, it's even better. He sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. And, and I, I heard somebody say, I am begging the, for God to heal so-and-so that's in the hospital. And I'm like, eh, wrong prayer. How many of you got up this morning and begged Jesus to die on the cross for your sins? Nobody. Because he's already done it. We have to receive it. He's already died on the cross for your sins. You don't, oh, Lord, die on the cross for my sins today. Or at the end of the day, Lord, you know what I did today? Die on the cross for my sins again. Don't have to. The blood of Jesus is enough to cover every and wash away. Put in Psalms 103, as far as the east is from the west, he'll put your sin away from you. All you have to do is change your mind. I was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. I am not going to do that anymore. Are you with me? Nod your head or something. Amen. Or you know, hit me with a brick or something, Pastor Brett. <laughs> Jesus already died on the cross. Our part is to receive what he has done. Amen. Can you hear me that? Let me say it again. Our part is to receive what he has done. We don't have to beg him to forgive us of our sins. He's already died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. Guess what? He's died on the cross. He has already died on the cross for you to have hell. We got to get it in our head. Wait a minute. It's already been paid for. I got to be a partaker. I'm going to ditch you in on a little secret. We got ice cream sandwiches again this Sunday. And it's up to you to go take the paper off of one and eat it. They've already been paid for. They've already been paid for. Go be a partaker. Jesus has already paid the price. Go and be a partaker. Now let's look. Let's look at the last one. The power of saying and the power of silence. The power of saying and the power of silence. Once you have said something, it's time to be quiet. 
<laughs> what do you think? Oh, I'm going to get the wisdom from Miss Shirley. Miss Shirley, I, I'm going through this. Will you pray with me, Miss Shirley? And you need to get Miss Shirley. She's going to put it on you, bro. Miss Shirley going to pray down to heaven. But here's where we make a mistake. We're in agreement. Miss Shirley, you in agreement with me, baby? That's what she call everybody, baby. You're going to be in agreement when we're going to pray. Yes, ma'am, in agreement. But when I leave Miss Shirley's and I'm like, well, it hadn't changed. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I done dug up Miss Shirley's prayer. Okay, let's go to Mark. We're going to read a little bit. Mark chapter 5. We'll start in verse 21. And now when Jesus, you know, he just cast out the man that had the demons. And he went back across the lake. And so he's crossed over to the boat to the other side. And a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. Let's look what happens. All right, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, his name was Jairus. Everybody say Jairus. Jairus. And when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet. Next verse. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter dies at the, or my, lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her, and she may be healed. Come lay hands on her, Jesus, and she may be healed, and she will live. <clears throat> That's faith. That's a statement of faith right there, okay? Are y'all with me on this? This is so important to learn how to release faith. Because you know what? Everybody's got an aunt or a grandma that loved God, and I don't know why they died, but when did they release their faith to be healed? That's an answer to a lot of people's questions. Or they, had, they released their faith, and we're going to learn that you can back off from it. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. In due season, you shall reap if you faint not. How many people you know fainting? We had a prayer request that somebody's in the hospital and pray that they want to live. Because you ever been so sick, you thought, shoot, I'd be better off in heaven. Yeah, it goes through everybody's mind. You got to want to live. So, and she will, be, she will live. Look at the next verse. So Jesus said, Jesus went with him. And a great multitude uh, follow Jesus in the throng. And I'm just going to start telling the story because we don't have time to read. She's going to keep it up. But you can look at the screen. And so they're walking through town and a certain woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. She saw Jesus. Uh, I'm going to read this part. And suffered many things. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Look at the next verse. And when she heard about Jesus. Now, when did she hear about Jesus? She had heard about Jesus a long time before this moment. And she heard about Jesus and she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Look at the next verse. For she said, what are you saying? She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made well. She heard that people who touched Jesus' clothes got well. It was a point of contact. You, you, you can say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. Lay hands on me and I will be healed. The Bible says believers lay hands on the sick. Are you a believer? You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you believe that? Then you need to be laying hands on people and you need to be laying hands on yourself. I'm a believer. Body, you line up, be healed. People say, you're crazy. And the same people talk to their car and expect it to respond. Don't, don't you know... She said, if I will touch his clothes, immediately the fountain of her blood dried up. She knew she was healed. Boom, instantly. 
She knew she felt the glory of God come through her, the virtue of God. She was healed of that affliction. And then Jesus immediately knowing somebody touched him and the crowd touching him. Everybody's put, you know, he's a rock star. Everybody's wanting his autograph. And he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples, are you kidding me? And his disciples said to him, the multitude thronging you, who touched me? What do you mean? Next verse. And he looked around to see what it, this thing it had done. And he looked at the woman. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. All right. All right, back it up one. Verse 34. Be healed of your affliction. So let's go back. Everybody say Jairus. Jairus' daughter's dying. And all this is going on, and he's like, come on, Jesus. Come on. Come on, Jesus. And you know, she got to testify. You know, that's why we need to hold the mic a lot of times, because some of y'all won't go for two days. Well, you know, it started back in 1912. And I had this bunion on my foot. Now, wait a minute. We're talking about you got healed of brain cancer. No. Well, this bunion started, you know, come on. And Jairus is like, shut up, woman. We got to get to my daughter. See, we're in her shoes. It's wonderful. But Jairus is still my daughter. Have you forgotten? Now, let's look at the next verse. And while he was speaking... Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. The runner came and said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the teacher or the master any further. Bad news. Anybody ever had bad news before? Look what Jesus says. As soon as. Everybody say, as soon as. That means immediately. Your daughter's dead. Jesus heard it. As soon as he heard the word, he looked at Jairus and he said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Believe what? Let's go back to verse 23. And he said, my daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus said, go back and believe. You already made a statement of faith. Believe now. Come on now. Shh. Shh. But we want to go, ah. Oh, what are we going to do? Don't we? But the Holy Spirit's with you right now, and he helps you. Matter of fact, he'll prepare you that bad news is coming. But what you do when you hear the bad news, the rudder, the rudder right here is going to guide you through it. Come on, I've been in the hospital where they said it's inoperable brain cancer, and she may have like three months to live, and everybody went, ah, and I said, it's over. I got to carry everybody in this family now. I got to carry these four kids. I got to carry the daddy. I got to carry everybody, much less mama, who's dying of cancer now. But everybody heard what the man said, what the runner said, who's the doctor. She ain't going to make it. Ah! This is, where, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you got to take a stand. You got to draw that line in the sand. You know what? I'm just standing on the word of God. And I'm going to say only what God said, and I'm going to stand on what the word. Well, you're lying. No, no, that's what the doctor said, but I'm going to a higher authority, and that is the Father God, and he sent Jesus 
Come on. Is he not a higher authority than any man on earth? Then start believing his word. I know this is deep stuff for some of y'all. But this is how you live by faith. Jairus said, if you will touch, come and touch my daughter, she'll be healed. And Jesus went, shh, remember what you said. That's your faith. Stand on it. It's coming. It's coming. The way maker's coming. We sang about it. He shed his blood for your daughter. He shed his blood. Come on. He is the way maker. And now he died on the cross and it's free to everybody. We got to figure out when to get it out of our natural mind and get in our spirit to where we can receive it. Because this is our enemy. This goes by. Y'all smell that ice cream? Huh? Somebody said this morning, Jeff was in there making coffee. I smell coffee. I'm like, well, coffee maker's not here. Well, Jeff was in there making coffee. You can smell. That's in the natural realm. But we have to learn to get in the spirit. Paul learned to get in the spirit. Peter learned to get in the spirit. How about in Acts 8? A regular old everyday guy became an evangelist because he served people. Name was Philip. He learned to get in the spirit. Philip had four daughters who prophesied. They learned how to get in the spirit. Ananias went and prayed for Paul because he was in the spirit. The spirit of God said, I need you to go pray for Saul. He goes, I ain't praying for Saul. He's killing people. But the Holy Spirit said, no, you go lay hands on him. He's my servant, and I want you to pray for him. And he's going to get, he's given his heart to me, and you teach him and show him some ways, some things. You ever been afraid to tell somebody about Jesus? Go ahead and nod. Either that or you're just totally ignoring it. Because Jesus is always telling you, you know what? You need to tell them what the Word says. You need to tell them what I do. And we go, we muzzle our mouth when we speak. But hear me, silence is so important. Once you have released your faith, I don't care how much bad news comes. Listen, we win anyway. You know, we had missionaries here Wednesday, and they live in a third world country, a police state. And she goes, you know what? We could die any day. But she goes, sudden death, sudden victory for me. Sudden death, sudden glory for me. Oh, she misses her kids. She cried talking about her children being in the States. But they live in Burundi, Africa. Because God sent them there. And they come home for five weeks. Or come, I say home, no. They leave home and come to America to visit their kids for five weeks every two years. Wow. What is that? God's not going to. If it's not in your heart, you know, God's not going to send you to Africa. Don't be afraid to give him your life. Oh, Lord, if I gave him my life, he might send me to China. No, he's not. He'll put it in you to where you cannot do anything but go to China. Quit having excuses why you don't give your life totally to God. We got to give it to it. We got to give our mouth and our life because your life follows this right here. Because this sister right here, she started going to college way back in the day and she laid it aside. But now the Holy Spirit said, I, I, you know what? You need to go to college, you need to finish your college. And she said within herself, you know what? I'm going to finish college. And she said, Pastor, agree with me. I want to finish college. See what she said within herself? I want to finish college. What's spiritual about that? Well, it's going to bless her life. And she's going to be a witness to when she gets the job after she gets out of college. College is going to open a door for her. She has a specific calling to go to college. That's how this works in life. 
God directing her, and she's going to be obedient. I'm going back to college. It's in me to finish college and get that job I'm pursuing. That's exactly the way it works. It's in, and what, the point of contact is that we're in agreement. We agree that God will open doors, and he's opened doors, hadn't he? I stood, I've told this before, I stood at 5 o'clock because I want to go. I work to 8 o'clock every night. I said, I'm going to go home at 5. I want a job where I can go home at 5, where I can spend time with my kids, where I can go to work at the church on, on Wednesday nights. And at 5 o'clock was my point of contact. I walked outside. I said, see all these cars going home? Rush hour traffic. I said, Lord, I want to go home at 5. I said, most of these people don't know you. They're not living for you. I live for you. You know, Lord, I, my heart is for you, and I want to do kingdom business. I want to serve you. I want to be with my kids. I pray right now for a job. I don't care if I'm in McDonald's, and they, they're talking about a job. They're, they're hiring. Help me find a job, Lord. If you've got to bring somebody to me, bring somebody to me. Two weeks every day, I'll say, I want a job. I'll be home on weekends. I won't be home at 5 o'clock. It's my confession. 5 o'clock, I walked outside every day. Guys working with me thought I was nuts. Until a man drove up and said, hey, I was driving down the interstate, and I thought, that'd be a good place to hire somebody. And he walked up to me, and we started talking. He said, I want you to come for a job interview. Don't tell me it don't work. See, that's the Spirit of God. That was my point of contact was 5 o'clock, because I wanted to go home at 5 o'clock. Are you going to take that step in prayer and then release your faith? What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, sure, but I can't ever get nothing. I can't ever get ahead. I can't, I can't, I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thought that was a scripture on your wall. I thought you really believed the word of God. I can do all things. It may take a little time, but once you say, I'm going to do it, then just start expecting. Come on, it's a seed we're sowing. It's a, we're planting into the kingdom of God in our hearts. Look at that phrase. Look at your, look at your notes underneath there. It said, build inside of you the you power by confessing God's word. You're a carrier of God's word. Man, if, if your toothpaste a tube holds toothpaste. You squeeze it and toothpaste comes out and you put it on your toothbrush. What happens when you get squeezed? What comes out of your mouth? Blankety, blank, blank, blank. Or bless God, I don't care what I see, what happens to me, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going back to my confession with the Word of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I can beat anything that comes to me. I don't care. I, I, I was addicted to dipping snuff from the fourth grade. The fourth grade. <laughs> I had a skull ring in my pocket. My mama didn't even know what it was. Because we picked up Coke bottles and got three cents for this and a nickel for that one, and we go buy skull. In the fourth grade. And my wife thought, whew, I don't know if you ever quit that, but I got before God. I said, I want to walk away from this. I'm giving this up for you. And I want to walk away from this. And today, this day forward, I will walk away. And you know what? Set me free. Matter of fact, out of habit, two weeks later, I took a dip. I like to have gotten so sick. I was playing softball, and I'm the pitcher, and I'm like, whoa, and I spit that out, Lord, forgive me. Don't let me throw up on the mound. Yeah. Because it was sitting there, it was blowing somebody else. I'm like, whoo, I can just grab some of that. I was free, but it was habit. I was delivered from it because it made me sick. And I said, never again. 
Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may part grace to the hearer. Y'all see that? Who's the hearer? You are. Out of your mouth, you need to be hearing what you're saying about yourself. And it better be grace, and it better be good, and it better be edifying. That's hard for some of y'all. It was hard for me when I started. But you need to edify yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let me say this. Are y'all ready? I'm going to lead y'all in a confession. Are you ready? Say it with me. Say, Father, I tear down every negative word that I have spoken over my life, over my family, over my job in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that it will, it will not produce fruit because I pull it up out of the root of my heart and I replace it with God's word that I am blessed, that I am righteous, that I am holy by the blood of Jesus, that I am set above. Uh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above, above only and not beneath. I break depression. I break suicide thoughts. And I speak only what is good, what is edifying, that I might be more than a conqueror, an overcomer, walk in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow your heads just for a second. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we already had an altar call. But if you're in here and you have not accepted Jesus, will you just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett? Come on. If you, maybe you gave your heart to Jesus a long time ago and you, you haven't been living for him. You know what? With your words, the words of your mouth, you can come back and you can change the course of your life. If that's you, lift your hand real quick and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to change the course of my life. Glory be to God. Now look at me. I trust everybody in here. I hope you're a believer. If not, chase God and become a believer. But look at me. Take this word to heart and look, get you a promise book. Matter of fact, I'm, I've got one in print that's coming and I'm giving it to you as a gift. And learn to say what God said. Learn what his promise. God promised something. Hey, wait a minute. If he promised, he's not an Indian giver. He's going to give it to you. you got to go be a partaker of his promises. His exceeding great and precious promises that you might be a partaker of his divine nature. Amen.